you know, what brought you to the psychedelic space in the first place? Because it's not our average recreational fun time. So something has to obviously bring me to this kind of foreign, unknown and quite scary sometimes process of self-reflection. And that's really what it's all about. But what what got you to that place in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. So we had talked about my family uh, last summer. I have twin boys. They had just turned three and we had like a big birthday party for them. And the next day I was at my sister's house and my kids were in camp and I was just like looking at my clock. Oh no, I have to go pick them up. And I was like, what is wrong that I say, oh no, I have to pick them up. I love my kids. I got to do something because I'm, I'm not enjoying this life that I've built up that I'm supposed to love. And I was driving back to where I live and my sister-in-law calls me. She's like, oh, I just had such an amazing day with my kids. I was enjoying it. I was so present. Like I was just loving it. She said, the reason why I was able to have this present, beautiful moment with my kids is because I had just finished a psychedelic journey. It didn't just magically happen that I was suddenly able to enjoy my kids. She's like, I did some psychedelic work and I want to tell you more about it because I feel like you're going to be able to use this key and, and help it unlock your, your desire to enjoy what you have. That was my introduction. Of course, I had read about psychedelics and heard about it and maybe seen a documentary or two. And then the conversation continued over a few weeks. Um, my brother did a journey. She did a journey. They were at my house a few weeks later. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm, I'm interested. I want to hear about this. So so that's, that's how it all started. Thank you. The first journey was very, very challenging. I think part of the challenge was the expectation. My brother had done a journey before and he was like, I spoke to God. Hmm. I was having this conversation. He was holding me. He told me everything. He explained every question I had. He answered me. I, I finally, like, I was face-to-face -face with God, and I feel so spirited. So that was the picture I had, and that was not the picture I got mm -hmm. at all. It was, like, the opposite. I was reliving Holocaust memories, reliving stories that I had read in the news 20 years ago you know, scary, like homicidal type of stories that I thought like I just said, mm, okay, but I was holding on to those traumatic pieces of media that were constantly ingesting. And I think a big thing for me of my first journey was it was like, the difficult that stuff that came up were very confusing. Like confusion is that thing where you stuff back down because you don't know it's not good. It's not bad. It's just you don't know the answer to it. There was a lot of like, Here's a confusing feeling I have. Here's a confusing person that's in my life. Here's a confusing memory. A lot of confusion where it's like, I don't have the capacity to understand it. So I'm going to stuff it in. And then boom, it came out right there in that first journey. But it, obviously I came back. So as challenging as it was, I recognized right away how powerful it was. I also had a big thing where I had cancer when I was 17, when I was like senior in high school. It was a very traumatic experience that I never fully dealt with at all. And the physical nausea of it came up a lot. So I, I was very physically nauseous. I had that feeling for all five hours where I had to vomit really badly, but I couldn't. And I was like trapped in that space of nausea where you're dying to release, but you're stuck with it, which is something I, I did a lot during my chemo days. So that feeling was back. And I remember thinking like, what is this? How could this be good for people that have trauma? Like, you're forcing me to relive the experience. Like, how is it possible? Like, I'm so, it was so foreign to me, like the exposure therapy. And I didn't realize like the next night or so, like when I was laying in bed, I was like, oh, I, I relived it and I'm here now. 
and it's over. You know, like that, that it, like it was an aha moment where it was like, and you get to leave it again. And the leaving it again is the healing part where it's the like release. you released it, you lived it again, and you're not you're not living it anymore. You're not nauseous right now. So that helped make sense of it. It also gave me this amazing tool, which is from the first time I did my journey, I suddenly had a complete distaste for alcohol. Mm, amazing. And it was something that I've struggled with. I live with someone who's in AA, so I'm very aware of the confusing hold that alcohol can have. And I always thought, like, I'm above it, although I always knew that I was not above it. It was something I struggled with that I didn't have words for. And then I got this gift of, like, no, you will no longer struggle with this. Like, you will no longer. From that day, I never purchased alcohol. I think I drank it a little bit just to kind of, like, test, and it's gone. Same. Amazing. Yeah, one of my early journeys, it was uh, it wasn't even a factor for me. I wasn't trying to. Right. I was a social drinker and I was okay with it. Um, and I had a ceremony, and the following day, basically, I didn't even understand what had transpired, but there was just this awareness that this is inappropriate. And I was like, "Wow, this has no place in my life moving forward." And that's kind of a common theme for so many people. Amazing. And it's so interesting, isn't it? It's, it was like, it was so amazing. It was like, here's your reward for going through that five yeah. hours. And it compounds in the bank account. So double, double totally. gift. <laughs> Everything health-wise. I didn't realize how much it was consuming. Like Consuming. That's an interesting word yes. that you use for a spirit. We call alcohol yes. spirits, right? There's yes. no coincidence there. It's consuming. It'll consume our spirit. You said something interesting. I just want to kind of rewind to you said confusion and not knowing, right? What is confusion? Confusion is not knowing. And when we apply our intelligence out there somewhere externally, we could never understand someone or something fully. There are more and more layers to it, even if to the degree we understand our spouse. There's still so much complexity there that we can't get a full depth of understanding that'll satisfy our desire to understand where we check the box and say, okay, now I know the whole thing. I don't have to think about it again. So, of course, the byproduct of wanting to know is confusion because you could never know the whole way. I'm not talking about abandoning the intellect. It's a beautiful tool. Terrible master, as they say. The whole idea is we use it when we need to use it if we're using it for a practical purpose. But if we misuse it, just like any other tool, it could cut against us, basically. And then it becomes this confusion generating machine because we could never get down to the depth of knowing where it's finite. Knowing means it's open ended almost. Right. And so if we want to bookend it and say, OK, now I know, like with math, where two plus two is four, you know, maybe even then if I ask my six year old, what's two plus two? He'll say 22. I can't necessarily say you're wrong. Right. Right. So that's the idea that we, we breed confusion for ourselves by not being OK with what is by wanting to know more and thinking that we can ever get down to it. So it's something that perhaps is the byproduct of the overactive intellect. So maybe yes. we look at it from that standpoint where it's like, maybe I don't need to know everything. Maybe I'm OK with the way it is. So the idea is we give it space through the breath. We just create space. Through the experience, we say, okay, whatever's going to come up, is going to come up. But I know it's going to come up not to force me to relive it over and over. It's going to give me the opportunity to relive it and then relieve myself of it by just saying, okay, boom, now it's no longer in me. And I get to move forward and I get to go through an opportunity of cycling through this whole historic record and letting go of everything that doesn't suit me anymore. I read somewhere um, this work doesn't make you feel better, but it makes you better at feeling. Mm, that's beautiful. So I I, I, th I rethink that a lot, especially when I'm feeling horrible. Like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm feeling like that's already better. 
and this again, this was from somebody else who said this in the beginning of the journey. They said, throughout my life, I carry other people's sadness. Like if I see somebody sad, I see someone in pain, I feel like I have to go over there and take on their pain with them. Like I'm so empathetic that I'm just there for them. And I can't do that anymore. Like it's not helpful for them. It's not helpful for me. I need to like step into my light and stop carrying all this non like pain that's not my own around with me. And I heard that and I was like, wow, I, I took that in. And then it told me other things. It said about like different habits that I have that I have to give up. It told me about my daughter. I had this thing where I didn't have this relationship with my mother. I didn't have an emotional relationship with her. So I scared that I don't know how to have an emotional relationship with my own daughter. So the medicine said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to lay in the bed with her tonight and you're going to say, how's it going? How are you? You said yesterday that you love this boy in your class. Tell me a little bit more about this boy. And like, it, it was like just a guide. It was like telling me like, do this, do this, do this. So this is interesting what you bring up. This type of journey is uh, kind of classified as a consult. Not oftentimes do we have this kind of back and forth dialogue, but that's what you're describing. And these are powerful. And so Very. the question becomes, you know, with integration, when you have the consult and it's coming from such a high, all-knowing, loving place, it's hard to unhear this stuff. So you just, you go for it. Just like you said, you got the lesson, kind of the awareness around work and you went right for it to have that conversation. So that's beautiful because you're actually integrating practically all of these awarenesses and lessons that you received. And again, when it's coming from that place, it's like, you know, it's a no doubter. So of course I'm going to listen. Of course I'm going to do it. And I feel blessed for even being guided in this capacity. So if you had to tell me right now, like, is there anything from that ceremony or the culmination of all of them at this point that is unresolved for you where you would need, let's say, some step to further integrate or are you just like you just like you're marching <laughs> forward like you know no one's stopping you at this point you're a force it's interesting because like in my previous journeys like the week after or the days after were so hard and so dark and like now I feel so light and of course I have that feeling of like okay it's so easy and light like when's the darkness coming so I mm. guess integration of like stop waiting for the darkness and um keep the light going it's the illusion of mind that tells us anything other than that it's it's all light it's all light, meaning everything in life is designed to help us, to heal us, to teach us. It's our perspective that doesn't allow us to kind of really appreciate that and to integrate that truth. So no matter what's going on in life, even if it's the shadow, as we call it, if we are aware of it, we're bringing our light, our consciousness, our awareness to shadow. Shadow is the absence of light. So it's no longer shadow. Now it's a learning opportunity. So the other shoe never drops. It's all light. It's just a question of whether you're willing to look at it, whether you're willing to sit in it, dwell in it, and be present through those moments in a present sense without looking for something down the road to bail you out, as we did when we were kids. And we built the narrative around right. that, that that's how it's going to be. If it's a heavy moment, wait for the next moment to bail you out. No, 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 no. This moment. And you will transform it in the moment from shadow to light just by being aware of it instead of repressing it. And remember, everything's going to pass, right? That's the moral of the story. It's like, just breathe. Everything's passing. Everything's informing, teaching, healing, loving. Pass it on. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dan. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Your strength is like <laughs> pouring out of you. Light, you know, all of it. I, 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 I don't just say this for no reason. Transformation, amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you, man.